December 5, 2019. It's a Watt for Pedro show. <laughs> Thank you. 
for Pedro Show. Uh, happy December. Three weeks. No, two weeks. I turned 62. Anyway, we start off the show with uh, John Coltrane with Miles Davis doing Dr. Jackal. And then Salvation with hmm, Palino- Palinopsia. <laughs> There's some kind of affliction I don't know of. But uh, with me, I'm, I'm, uh, Brother Matt's uh, visiting New York City right now, but uh, I'm, in, I'm in my pad here in Pedro, but not totally man alone because through the wonders of those Estonian software engineers and their Skype invention, uh, I got with me Jason, Victor, and Santiago, Santiago of Salvation. Welcome aboard. Hello. Yeah. Nice to be here. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, who uh, and you're calling from Chicago? Yes, we're from Chicago. I mean, but right now you're speaking from Chicago. Yes, we're speaking from Chicago. Okay. Who wants to go first? We're going to talk about some musical journeys here. <laughs> um, we can we go ahead and fire away. You first, Jason. Okay, Jason, what's your earliest musical recollection? Um, probably the Beatles with uh, my parents. And they got me into like a lot of classic rock as a child, like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. Uh, my sisters kind of got me more into like Black Sabbath and uh, ACDC, um, some Pink Floyd. So just kind of like the classic rock stuff. So in, in the pad, uh, just listeners, did anybody make music themselves? Um, yeah, my uh, my dad was a piano player, and uh, my grandma was a um, a jazz singer. She actually did a lot of touring when she was younger. Um, so on my dad's side, there was some musicians in the family. Because he was a piano player, was there a piano in the house? There was, yeah. Were you asked to take lessons? Um, I never really, like... Uh, adapted to the piano very well. Um, I started playing snare drum in uh, in grade school, and then I I tried to pick up the full kit, and uh, I didn't really adapt to it naturally. So then I just moved to guitar after that. When did you get your first guitar? Uh, when I was fifteen, I got a uh, Fender Squire Strat. And when you did snare drum in school, was it part of the like the school band or the choir, or marching band, or something like that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was part of the the school band. We do recitals and what school bands do. <laughs> did you learn how to read music for drums? I did, uh, but it, it kind of like wasn't as exciting as I had envisioned. Being a drummer, <laughs> sticking to the snare. I mean, I think it was. Uh, it was like important for me to do to understand rhythm and timing and music and get involved more in music but i just really wanted to be a rock and roll drummer so what about like after school did you have some basement garage bedroom bands yeah i I started a band with some pals shortly after and uh we practiced in the garage and in my buddy's basement um and just kind of formed like a little noisy trio which I ended up continuing to do later in life. <laughs> yeah, now, did you write songs right away, or did you copy off of records? Um, I uh, I started learning um, some riffs off of a, a Jimi Hendrix album, uh, Are You Experienced? And I think I, I started learning uh, Manic Depression, and, uh, and then I started learning some tunes from... Uh, Dark Side of the Moon, some riffs off that record. Okay, so you're all uh, you were self-taught on the guitar, right? Yeah. So you learn by uh, copying the yeah. That's kind of like a little bit yeah, just playing do. by ear and and copying uh, the, the records I would play in my room. Did that band have a name? Um. I'm trying to remember what that... I think it was called Jaundice. Jaundice. <laughs> and did you ever do gigs? 
Uh, we did. We'd play um, at like other friends' houses, and I think we played some like church basements where they allow people to throw shows. Wow. Okay. Do you remember your first gig? Um, my first gig was in a parking lot. Um, uh, I can't remember the the store that was outside of, but it was like a little outside parking lot show uh, called uh, Fred's Fred Fest. Fred Fest. So it was like a festival for Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, uh, this was jaundice, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, do you remember it? Uh, do, did you do what, some of them Jimi Hendrix songs? Um, I think at that, by that point we were, we had like uh, written some songs and uh, we were playing our own tunes. What was the first song you wrote? Um, I think it was called Seaweed Queen, actually. <laughs> All right. Seaweed Queen. Yeah. Did you play it at that gig? Um, I did, yeah. So what was it like to sing for people your own song for the first time? Uh, it was pretty intimidating, but uh, I enjoyed it. It didn't scare you away. I, I want to play No, I kept, I kept doing it. Yeah, because I asked you that because this next song by you guys I want to play is called Failure. And this was not a failure.
carry my bag, you wetback slug. The big men are gonna talk shop. 18 holes, then dinner at the club. Prime rib, no Mexican slough. Everything's in place. The mark's been greased. He's drooling to be soaked. Oh, and a nine iron for this lie, Jose. <laughs> I just made a joke. Don't you want to be like me? Don't you want to be free like me? You're disable, scratching, sucker lives. I love how you look up to me. Crawled out of a New York sewer. Phony Christian porn star screwer. Ah, you know who I am. The P.O.S. POTUS, Charlie Tan. Glad we can meet. Are your rooms okay? And did you have a good flight? I've lined up a little evening's fun. Y'all like redheads, right? Gentlemen, how should we proceed? The rainbow rooster tap. I've got a roper lined up at Inside Man, and he's gonna take care of all that. Don't you wanna be like me? Don't you wanna be free beyond free? I can get away with anything. I love how they all envy me. I'm the king of slink and slime. Show me your wheat, and you're all mine, cause I'm a self made man. That MAGA monster, Charlie Tan. The banks are in my pocket And my lawyers clog the courts The law slides off my snakeskin back And all the judges, they've been bought All you gotta do is just sit tight And watch this dumb chump squirm Cause that's the way the world is Gentlemen, watch and learn Don't you wanna be like me? Don't you wanna be free like me? I'm the master distractor. I love how they believe in me. Crawl out of a New York sewer. Made a bit at the backs of the poor, that vulgar, lying yam, the stable genius, Charlie Tan. Charlie Tan. Charlie Tan. Charlatan. Charlie Tan, Charlie Tan, Charlatan, 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 Charlatan.
There's no point in fixing it out of your hands. You'll get back in again. I know. Yeah. 
Well, for Pedro Show, yeah, that's Failure from Salvation. Then we had Chris Butler, brand new, Charlie Tan, Hallelujah, You Duck. I think they're from Italy. Chris is from uh, Akron, Cleveland. Uh, the Mids, Not Now, Charleston. Uh, Wish Granters, that's, yeah, Jamie, the pride she brought here, and I, I played bass on it. And, Jimmy played drums, and uh, Vince Maroney played sax, harmonic. Uh, Henry Kaiser, after that frosty boy, Antarctica, I just saw him in a Werner Herzog interview. He's talking about working with Henry, some piece he did on Antarctica. Ken Ken heads out of Finland with rugged locator, automatic remorse, bowfly, guided by voices, no point. Guided by Voices is going to play downtown L.A. on New Year's, and they're going to do 100 songs. <laughs> Can you believe? Uh, and then finally, New Milk from Salvation. So, Victor, you're next. What's your earliest musical memory? Um, probably Curtis Mayfield uh, at my parents' house when they were cleaning. Yeah, he uh, was a uh, Chicago, huh? Yeah, my dad loved all that Chicago soul. What, what was his band? Impressions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. And really young, too. I was reading about his yeah, story. They, they were kids. And get this. He was doing a tour of City Halls. This is in the 80s. And he played long, you know, for free, play out in front of the City Hall. He did one in Long Beach, and I saw him. And the next day, he flew to Brooklyn, and that light fell on him and paralyzed him. Yeah, paralyzed him. Yeah. So I saw his last gig. That's crazy. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, we were way into it. There's there's a, a record called Curtis Live, a double album. It's so good. SST, you know, Dezo brought it into SST, and we play that every day. He loved it. Yeah. Love that fucking. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's even got a weird carpenter cover, but still fucking him. Great bass man. <laughs> a guy named Lucky, yeah. I think, played bass. He was bad. So, okay. So, was there people who played music in the house? Uh, no, no one, no musicians in the family, just music lovers. Yeah, listeners. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, what about the school thing? Did you do, like I asked Jason, the, the, the band or the choir or the. Mark. No, I was a I was a basketball player back then, and then my parents were like, "You have to learn an instrument because all the other white kids at the school are playing piano, and we can't afford a piano, so I got a guitar." Okay, how old? I was like twelve. Twelve, acoustic or electric? Yeah. An acoustic. And uh, they had you take lessons. Yeah, they paid for one week of lessons, and then I had a recital where I played Ode to Joy, just the notes. Oh, wow. And then <laughs> and then we couldn't afford it anymore, so the so, guitar sat around for a while till I got to high school. Ah, okay. It kind of went yeah. into hibernation. It did, yeah. I was like skateboarding and stuff <clears throat> instead. But You know where that I, uh, similar situation, James Williamson, you know, between the two times he played with Ig, like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. His son told me about this essay he wrote for school called The Caskets in the Corner. It was about the guitars never coming out of the cases. Like their caskets, you know. 
That's a trip. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you start playing guitar again in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... Uh, but how'd you move over to bass? Really? It was really... Um, when I met back up with Jason, he, he was living in St. Louis and came back to Chicagoland, and we just happened to run into each other uh, in front of a library. And I was like, man, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. And he was like, hey, you still playing? Um, I just got back and wanted to start a band. He had recorded some demos and shown them to me. And I was like, this is too good for me to not be a part of it. So whatever, you know, he had recorded uh, the guitar and bass parts. And I was like, whatever I can play in this band, I just want to be in. So my friend, my roommate at the time had a bass laying around. And what kind? I grabbed it. Uh, it was like a Yamaha, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was pretty ugly. It was pink. and um, But it worked. You know, yeah, what'd you use for an amp? Um, who, whatever amp was at the the bar we did open mics at, I didn't even have a bass amp. Jason made me buy a bass amp. Well, <laughs> how'd you do practice? Um, at stu- at these studios and um, at my other friend's house, who I was in a punk band with, we had a guitar, uh, or I was playing guitar in this punk band, and you know, after that practice, we would sit in and and jam a little bit. Okay, so Jason wasn't your first band. It was what was this punk band called? <laughs> the Pastaways. The Pastaways. It's like a horror punk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it was a real mis- misfits uh, tribute. Yeah, but he made a band. Uh, in fact, I played with him in, in at the Metro. Sam Hain. Yeah. Do you remember Sam Hain? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, that was one, yeah. one of his things after uh, Glenn's things after Misfits. For sure. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the bass man's name? He had a trippy name. I can't think of it right um, now. Was it Doyle? No. It wasn't Doyle. J- Jerry yeah. and Doyle were the misfit guys. Right. This guy, I think his name was like Erie or something. Or Von <laughs> Erie or something. Uh, well, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that, my buddies were a huge horror horror punk fans and horror movie fans so you know that wasn't really my thing I just wanted to play guitar sure, fast sure. <laughs> but did, did you end up writing um, songs yeah yeah I've written a few real not great songs so um, we're, like, t- we're talking about the, the Pastaways right <laughs> yes yeah we have two albums worth of mediocre oh so you, can rec- uh, you recorded with these guys too okay yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, once I heard Jason tunes, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is quality songwriting. I want to be a part of this." So I bought. He made me buy a, a PV TNT one fifteen, which I kind of still swear by. Those uh, one fifteen yeah, is enough I, for you? Well, not not so much anymore, but it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. I've been using three twelves. Sure, but they're I, I, they're fucking powerful. They yeah, fucking I'm powerful. using a 410 Ampeg now. It's it, it blares. Yeah, I got a problem with. I'd rather use two two tens and a 410. I think 410 boxes are out of phase. But that's just that's me. fair. I'd rather have two tens, two boxes uh, stacked on top of each other sideways, so you Ooh. got them all in uh, alignment. 
more punch. Sure, that, that's, that's interesting. Just, that's just uh, something uh, you don't have to believe. It's <laughs> just a Watt thing, you know. I, I Dude, probably... I'll take your word for it. I'm not going to dispute you on anything <laughs> no, today. No, so. <laughs> I'm here to learn, too. Believe me, Victor. Yeah. We should get to uh, Santiago, the drummy, stick man with the beat in his hand. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah, here he is. Absolutely. Uh, Santiago, your, your earliest Hey, music, uh, how's it going? Earliest music memory? Uh, that's probably got to be listening to like oldies 104.3 with my parents it's like you know just straight up 50s and 60s classics um i feel like that is the kind of music that if i ever hear it i just get transported to being a kid and it just reminds me of like this the most simple kind of parts of music that really need to exist yeah yeah so i'm gonna ask you the same thing was there any instruments are people just listeners, your parents? Um, so my parents are not musically gifted. My dad fancies himself a crooner. Um, and he's like, you know, my dad's born in the 40s. So he's sure. has a very, he loves old music, but he's actually a huge Ozzy fan. So both my parents are very big music people. Um, my mom was like her only sister who listened to Black Sabbath. But uh, my aunt and uncle are actually both classically trained clarinet players. Whoa. Licorice stick. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a different dynamic. Uh, let me ask you this too about school. Did you uh, play in any of the bands and do that stuff? Sing in the choir? No, I, I actually really regret um, not ever playing drums or anything in high school. Uh, in grade school, I was in a lot of musicals. I'm a big fan of the musicals. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Grease, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of know about musicals. <laughs> West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. That, a trippy one called Carousel. <laughs> I don't know if you know that I don't that know if one. I know that one. Yeah, it's, uh, the big song is used by a lot of soccer teams. You'll Never Walk Alone oh. or some shit. That's a big tune out of that. Anyway, how did you get on the drums? I'm curious. Um, so actually that was, I just always wanted to be a singer in a punk band. And when I first heard like DIY, you know, like hardcore bands when I was in high school, I just got obsessed with doing that and nobody would ever have a drum set. Nobody wanted to really put forth the effort. So I just bought like a, a really terrible, almost toy drum set just so that people would be in a band with me. How old were you? And I just ended up, you know. How old I was uh, 16. Okay, so you're like in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. I was like, yeah, I wished I kind of taken to it earlier, but um, no, it yeah, comes when basically, it comes. you know. You know, Vincent painted only his last 10 years of his life. It, it comes when it comes. Joe Bison and Sacro Trust started guitar at 27. You know, the, the old so days. So there's still hope. Yeah, the old days, the movement was big about people that never played playing. So you were totally in that tradition. I, think Orson I really like that. Uh, no wine before it's time. Where did you practice? In your bedroom? Uh, I actually practiced uh, my mom's life dream. She grew up always in apartments in Chicago. Her life dream was to have a, a house. So she got that around the time I was like 15, and she let me play drums in the basement. She was very supportive. Whoa. Did you make a band right away? 
Yeah, I made a band right away with a bunch of my high school buddies that I, you know, hung out with. Uh, we were all of very different mindsets, but I was dead set on making a punk band. What'd you call it? It was called Sleeping Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping creepers. Yeah. Now, did you guys? I uh, did you write your own songs or did you copy off of records? Uh, they were we we made all our own songs. Uh, I wrote some on guitar as well as sung, and then I our uh, drummer ended up kind of becoming one of those runaway, uh, you know, train hopping kids. So I just had to play drums out of d- default, you know. Ah, oh, so you were playing guitar in this band. I was actually singing, but I was writing stuff on guitar. Okay, okay. Um, but were you one of these, what is it, uh, uh, Henley? Who's the guy in the Eagles? Was you, you like a drummer man who sang? I love that. <clears throat> I think it's a really cool dynamic. I feel like uh, if there's one thing I struggled with, it was <clears throat> singing and drumming. Yeah. But I think... Um, I think you get a different dynamic on vocals when you're playing drums at the same time. It's hard to replicate that in the studio, but I feel like you can get a real different way of raging with that. There was a band, I think the only white band signed to Motown was Rare Earth, and they had a singing drummer. Interesting. Singing drummers. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I'm into it. So uh, we're at the end of the first hour, December 5, 2019. Edition Watt Pedro Show special guest Salvation Hold Tight Friday 2 December 5, 2019. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
God, it's coming. Get what you
street Murder in the first degree And I could hardly tear my eyes off the screen Beaver Show. Start off the second hour with Salvation. Doing Welcome Home. Then uh, Galactacy with Pendulum. Unlux. Magua. Alexander Large. I think he's in Milano now. Yeah. The Dead Got. The Dead You Got. Sorry. Maya and the Revolutionary. Hell yeah. Oh, the city. That's why. And finally, Year of the Fly, Salvation. It's a great tune. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, Victor already kind of gave us a hint on how the band got together. 
But, uh, you know, if somebody's going to ask you about salvation, now that I've met all three members, introduce me to the band, how it got together, all that. Um, so after I ran into Victor, um, we had we had gone through a, a, a few drummers that just weren't quite gelling. And uh, I had uh, popped into a venue and caught a random show in Chicago and saw Santiago playing. Um, and I just really liked his uh, kind of untraditional style of playing drums, and he hit really hard. Uh, and uh, I liked liked how aggressive he was with the kit. So we <clears throat> talked to him about jamming. Was this and, the Creepers? Uh, Did you see the Creepers? No. Oh. This one, this wasn't the Sleeping Creepers. Sleeping this Creepers, was, sorry. Uh, this, this was Salvation. No, but where did you see Santiago play? Oh, that was with uh, his band, The Baby Magic, uh, and it was at a club called The Burlington oh, in Chicago. Oh, okay, so he had more than just Sleeping Creepers. He also had The Baby Magic. Yeah, I think we've all been in uh, a, a long string of bands since our, uh, since our first ones. Okay, okay. I, uh, anyway, so you see, you see Santiago playing, and you're digging his thing. So yeah. by by this time, you and Victor, you're already calling yourself Salvation. Uh huh. Who named? Did you name the band? Yeah, I came up with that name when I was in uh, St. Louis, um, and I had worked with a few different musicians out there. Uh, but it was just kind of like a concept for an aggressive band, and I liked that name. So uh, we kind of held on to it. Okay. And so uh, what was the first gig you did with Santiago? Well, what, you said uh, you, had, you had other drummers, right? So you guys had already been doing yeah. gigs, right? Yeah, we did a, a handful of shows around Chicago, uh, but it just wasn't feeling right or they were kind of obnoxious personalities and it wasn't coming together. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, when it comes to, like, what I found, you know, you can practice and get better at working an instrument, playing with a band, but you can't really do that with personalities. Yeah, no, if it's, if <laughs> you know it's I mean? not somebody you, you want to hang out with. Yeah, you can't fix it. You can't get better at it. It's like kind of the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you're just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't try to get all know-it-all about that, but that's what I've discovered, man. Jesus. I'd rather take some dude who's still learning, you know, and you just work at it, but he's got the good personality. Yeah. Some of these other guys, you know, uh, they, they came with, you think they were born with the, wearing a tiara or something. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I want to play uh, this song. Uh, yeah. For, fortunately, uh, Santiago and Victor and I, uh, we all enjoy each other's company and hang out when we're not on tour, when we're not playing shows, and we tour really well together. So, Well, th that's uh, the reason it. why, you know, I figured that, and that's why I wanted to play this next song by you guys, Slip My Throat.
Why for Peter show? Slip my throat. Salvation. <laughs> Somehow that kind of goes together. Then <laughs> 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 uh, Smart City's Dumb People by M.B. Jones. Uh, Dardo with Within Without. The Opium Trail, Land of Thousand Dances. I met this guy. He was from the 60s. Scotland. Um, cover band. I guess that was big in the 60s. Uh, the Lilacs with Bla uh, Blue Spark. Mold Omen with Green Sleeves from their Christmas record out of Baltimore. And finally, Peter Kowald and Damon Smith. Uh, two stand up basses doing Broken Mirrors April 28th. One. Uh, so what was the first gig like with uh, Santiago, all three of you guys? Uh, do you remember where they were? Liars, I guess. Oh, yeah, it was at this club called uh, Liars Club in Chicago, um, which is like a, a really kind of like uh, dirty kind of fun punk bar. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was our first gig. We played with some... Uh, some other aggressive, heavy punk bands, and uh, it just kind of felt right. And how many practice did you have with Santiago? Were you guys all ready to go? Um, I think we had been practicing for maybe like a month or so at that oh, time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good time. And he's a quick learner. Yeah, he's writing songs and stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a drummer man here, SoCal, named Bob Lee. I played with him in a bunch of stuff, and man... Some drummers really have good ways of uh, systematizing a song so they can put it in parts, you know, and, and know it. Bob Lee's really good at this. Now, I think 
if you really want my personal thing about instruments, everybody should learn drums and then go on to their clarinets and sh shit like that. Because uh, the, the rhythm thing, you know, we're all doing rhythm. And it seems the drummers right. are the only ones kind of upfront about it. And I think that's why people always gave them a reputation of being stupid and shit. Because they actually have all the power. I, 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 <laughs> you were at the gig at uh, Shuba's, of course. Yeah. We talked after the gig. But you see where I put that's my right. drummers. This was a big mistake, I think, with the Minutemen. Uh, me and D. Boone should have never kept George Hurley in the back. That was so fucking stupid. We should have put him way up front. Yeah, so, especially somebody like George Hurley. You know what I mean? I mean... Uh, yeah, man. I don't know what, why that came. Maybe because more equipment or something? You got to put him up on a fucking cake? I don't know. But uh, I just... Yeah. This idea of the drummer... Here, here's why I really hate... It's like my ass in their face. You know, I really hate it. <laughs> I'm sure they hate it more. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might be right about that. <laughs> Had an odor to it. But there's this idea where you can look right across, and there he is. And I could see Tom Watson. I mean, I was playing with a drummer that was maybe seven months short of 40 years younger than me. <laughs> that was... That was that would have never fucking happened in the old days. I gotta say, uh, people are much more open-minded these days. Old days. Yeah, yeah, we try to uh, we try to keep a pretty close knit. Uh, like we stay pretty close to each other on stage. Um, we we interact uh, physically a lot, so I think that's kind of important too with uh, the dynamic of uh, staying in tune with each other. You know. Yeah, staying in tune. You know, Minutemen, we never had tuners. It, it cost a lot of money. So you would just, yeah. you'd just try to get flat at, at the at the same time. <laughs> Your strings get looser and looser as the gig goes on. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind, of, kind of trippy that way. But, uh, I mean, they had these strobe tuners, but they were like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and they... It worked really trippy, the spinning wheel. And I remember... It was, so, uh, what, what was your first show at the Minutemen? Yeah, it was... Uh, it was at uh, Harbor College, a junior college here in Wilmington, and uh, had a different drummer. First two gigs, we had this guy named Frank Tonchi, a welder guy. And then he quit after the second gig. He didn't want... He said the scene was too weird. Left his drums, everything. And Georgie came back. Because actually we had a band with Georgie called Reactionaries. And then Georgie comes back. Uh, Greg Ginn asks us to be SSTO2. And he learns the whole shit in three weeks. We go record nice. Paranoid Time. Yeah. Georgie saved our, our uh, mission. We're at the end of the second hour. December 5, 2019, Dishawap Pedro Show, special guest Salvation. Hold tight for hour three. That's a pretty key heavy tune. December 5, 2019, it's the third hour of Wap for Pedro Show.
Plot for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Delusions and Grandeur from Salvation. They say this was a key tune, Jason. I'm sorry? You say it's a key tune. Explain, please. Uh, it's, a, it's a key heavy tune. Uh, it was uh, recorded on uh, a Hammond B3 through a Leslie cabinet, the uh, rotating Leslie cabinet. Sure, over sure. At, uh, my organ player. Electrical player, audio. Yeah, my organ, uh, second man organ man, Pete Mazich. I know in the 70s there was a lot of guitar players who did that stuff. Oh, guitar players through Leslie? Yeah. yeah. Whose idea was that? Steve Albini? Um, no, actually, uh, I had uh, written the song on a, on a keyboard, and then um, I asked our uh, engineer, Mike Lust, if there was uh, some keys around that we could use. And he snuck us over into Studio A from B because it wasn't occupied at the moment. And uh, we saw the Hammond over there and the Leslie cabinet. So we decided to capitalize on the moment. Okay. And, you know, I, I spent a week there when Stooges made the weirdness. I caught in one of the little rooms. He had cats. Were you guys, uh, were you guys over in A, I would imagine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, we also played Crane doing With Love, Kangaroo Court, late great Richard Derrick, Better Things to Do, Corey Brandon with Cold Blue Midnight, Troposphere 7 with Land, Boda Boda Ride, and finally Charm School, Salvation. Charm School. <laughs> That's a... We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you recorded this album at Electric Audio in Chicago at Steve Albini's place. And uh, how long did it take? Uh, we did uh, three days in electrical. Um, and we did all the uh, primary tracks like drums, bass, and guitar live. Um, and then we did some vocal, all the vocals in electrical. And then we did uh, some minimal overdubbing with guitar and vocal, and then uh, at Keys um, at uh, Mike Lust Studio, Phantom Manor. Right. And, and pr production? Uh, yeah, the mix, the mixing and, and whatnot. Yeah. Who, who was that? You guys? Um, yeah, Mike. Mike Lust and myself and all of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we used to be the Minutemen. Never was involved with mixes. We were so scared of ruining shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of others ruining shit. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting to do, to do it. So uh, you didn't have Steve Steve Albini. What I remember was he didn't want to use direct on the bass guitar. Just microphone. Oh, yeah. I'm actually a fan of that myself. Um, Is I that what you did with Victor? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, mic'd up. So mic'd you, up the you didn't use a direct? I don't think so, no. Hmm. Trippy. We, we recorded it to tape, so... Um, right, right. I was afraid it might get a little muddy, but it, it, it sang through. That's a, yeah, and, and he's got quite a, a mic collection, too. Yeah, that, too. I mean, it helped. It, I'm sure the mic we were using was 1200 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play this Dark and Stormy. Can you tell me about this song? 
Um, it kind of came about as a part of another jam that uh, of a song we ended up scrapping, um, but we really liked this one part of it. So um, we just expounded on it for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's listen. And, um, you know, added some dynamics and, and vocals. Um, so it was, it was a pretty collaborative effort, this one.
somos blancos He was cursed when he was born He was born on Friday the 13th It was a full moon And a black cat crossed his mother's path in the cemetery The cold chill of his spine And he sits and drinks the devil's blood He rolls the bones They keep coming up snake eyes
Watt for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Bass-driven song, Dark and Stormy from Salvation. The collaborative effort. Uh, you ever start songs off with the bass? Not not particularly. Um, if uh, No. Because this is, if, if I had to say there was one, it would be this. This is the close. Stark and Stormy was the closest, but... It's it's usually, you know, Jason brings uh, a skeleton of a song to the table and we just sure, do our sure. thing. Because yeah. I've been using bass as a composition tool for a long time, and it's trippy when the guys play to you. Uh, yeah. Instead of you being that, the last thing added, you know, and it's not a reggae song, you know. Right. I've had, I got a buddy who says I should, you know, look into that because I've only ever written songs on guitar. It, it is trippy. Yeah. It is trippy because it, it doesn't have as much harmonic content, so it kind of frees up the guys you're collaborating with. It still has rhythm. It still has starts and stops, but you're not filling right. up all the voice of the chords, you know? So it's, right. And it, it, uh, actually, people like Nels Klein, they love it. Other people, man, that's like writing a song on kick drum, you know? Symbols. <laughs> Chico Hamilton tried to get songwriting credit. They said, no, drummers can't write songs. Can you believe that bullshit? This was in the 60s. Uh, we had Carnage Asada doing Devil's Blood. Damien uh, Arado with uh, What Are the Chances? Brother Phil with a uh, Abbey Normal. Uh, Impatiently Dreaming of Peace, Peace. And Wait For It from Salvation. Wait For It. Uh... Where, where can people find you on the internet? Um, they can find us on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Is there a salvation? Is there a salvation website? Um, I think we uh, mostly just operate through uh, Bandcamp uh, and our Instagram page and our Facebook page. Well, my advice is get a salvation website. That's like having your own fanzine. All right. I'll, uh, let me get on that. <laughs> and then from there, you can, you know, put stuff on those other telephone poles. But right. that's just my recommend. Get a Salvation website. And uh, you, you were talking. Yeah, take that. But people can find you like Bandcamp. Okay. And uh, hear the new music, you guys. Are you going to tour this record? Yeah, we just uh, we just finished a tour uh, out to Brooklyn and back, and uh, we're gonna head out to Austin next month and uh, hit a few shows there and back, um, and then I think we're gonna do another tour uh, the following month. Ooh, all the good weather time. Yeah, yeah. Especially for tough Midwestern people. <laughs> I am yeah, so we're used to it. Yeah, I am so scared of any snow or ice on the road oh my god spoiled california we're used to it <laughs> and uh i don't know if you guys notice people are driving more and more like assholes yeah uh yeah you know i just did this tour it was 45 gigs 45 days about thirteen thousand three hundred eighty miles i drove every one of them oh my god oh, yeah god. that's uh brutal yeah, well, the hardest part was the other drivers. It's gotten a lot worse, especially the last three years. My hands at the end of the tour were like mittens. <laughs> it's kind of good, <laughs> though, because the vibrations 
I'm right now, now doing some front end work. You know, I was feeling a little too much vibration. Sure enough, uh, ball joints and tie rod ends. I got to replace them. But I love the yeah. boat. You know, it keeps us safe. I want you guys safe too. Uh, do, do, do younger people ask you for advice. What would you tell them, Jason? Um, as far as uh, starting a band, whatever music. Yeah, um, I would just say like uh, don't don't get discouraged and uh, don't try to fit into any trends and just kind of make what feels right to you. That's good stuff, Victor. Uh, yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, your uh, your first few efforts are not going to be the best typically. So just just power through. I mean, you got to fail a whole lot to get some success in life. So except for Orson Welles, his first movie. Yeah, right. He said <laughs> he said that ended up wrecking everything after that. And, and sure, Santiago, yeah. Santiago, advice from you. Um, yeah, I would say kind of along the lines of what these guys are saying, just like, you know, follow your heart, live your truth, don't try to do something that you think is what other people think is the thing to do, and I, I've luckily been privileged enough to only make music that is just music I like and want to hear, and I would say to just do that and don't try to do something because, you know, it's a trend or something along those lines. Yeah, I like that. I like what all three of you guys kind of agree on. <laughs> and it's been a big honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for talking to me, Dave. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It was a real pleasure. An honor and a pleasure, Mike. Thanks. Right back. And be safe on that road because we need you right, for another, another record, right? After all this That's tour. right. Yeah. Okay. People, it's been December 5, 2019 verse <laughs> edition of the Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.